Hey everyone, what's going on? It's Scriptwriter Steve. Today is December 29th, 2020. We are about two days out from this horrible nightmare of a year being over. But you know, I always like to take a look at, make things, uh, kind of view things with the, the, you know, the cup half full. Hasn't been all that bad. You know, I started this podcast because I had nothing else to do, to do when I was getting censored on Facebook. And, uh, you know, maybe this may be, uh, you know, turn into something good. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be a waste of my time. But I seem to like it. And I started to get back into screenwriting, which is also pretty neat because I had given that up um, a long time ago. Um, my wedding business on the, you know, the, <laughs> the downside is completely dead. But we may actually have a job on, you know, on New Year's Eve. Uh, we got an inquiry, came in there, a last minute inquiry. And if all goes well, if they can get down here and the Department of Health stays open, you know, we're ready to rock and roll and get this couple married on the beach because we're dying to work. Um, you know, my ministers were like, hey, Steve, we want to work. And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> we just need them to fly down here. And we're all ready to rock and roll. And it'll be 100% legal. We can, um, you know, congregate on the beach. It'll be a small wedding. There'll just be a, a couple who are, who are eloping. And that's kind of what we do. But anyway, I got some news to share with you. Um, I want to talk about a lot of things today. I want to try to keep it short, though, because, um, and I don't want to expose too much about there because I think I want you to watch this movie. Um, but there's some news out there that's pretty interesting that will kind of keep you, hmm, that mind going, right? That keep those wheels turning. Or maybe, or maybe piss you off like how I always get, you know, what, do I get pissed off a lot? I don't, maybe I'm just over, overly emotional or histrionic in a, in a way. So anyway, I'll um, get to this news right after these messages. You know how, I, how it always is, the first couple minutes, and then I, I pay one bill, I got to make my five cents, right, or a couple cents or whatever it is, and then I'm back and I talk for the, about 20, 30 minutes. All right, man, so hold on, hold on, and don't go away. All righty, I am back. I am back. It's still December 29th. I'm like counting my clock down. Two more days, two more days till this whole 2020 is over, right? And then finally, Joe Biden can come in, be the savior that the Democrats have told us he is, and he will fix everything, everything, him and Kamala Harris, because um, their record, it just speaks volumes to us. I mean, they've done, they've done, what have they done? Well, they've done, you know, they've done so much, I can't think of what they've done. What have they done? Oh, no, they, oh, oh, you know, Joe Biden did the crime bill, and he put a lot of blacks in prison. Oh, wait, we're not supposed to talk about... Oh, no, wait, Joe Biden, um, he actually, uh, he, he, he got Hunter Biden really rich, and Hunter Biden got so rich, um, he paid off his father's bills, all of his mortgages and his credit cards and all that. No, but that's what they've done. But what else have they done? What has Kamala Harris done? Oh, she... Um, she got a better job by sleeping with people, and and, and that's not disproven. She slept with she slept with certain people to get her way to the top. You know, we have to have you know you know young girls have to look up to that, right? You know, I'm, I'm what else have they they done? I, you know, I really don't know. Well, he stopped. He fired that prosecutor in Ukraine, right? Biden did that. Um, he he did the quid pro quo thing, the quid pro Joe thing, right? You know, if you you're not going to get your your aid. Unless you fire this federal prosecutor who is investigating Burisma, which hired my son, to, and, and he sold access, and he's still selling access, by the way. So you know, we have, you know, we're just, you know, you know, it's just you know, global warming and 
all these horrible things and COVID that are going to be, you know, coming there and police brutality, all these horrible things. And, and they're just going to be suddenly wiped off the, the slate because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is here to save the day. And we have to be thanking, uh, you know, our, ourselves because they're going to provide healing to the country. Just perfect healing like that we, we never heard before because the, the country was just so bad before. You know, with um, everyone getting rich and, um, you know, stock market going up and everyone just having so much money and jobs like, you know, for my company, we're getting wedding couples here left and right. We could take vacations everywhere. We had job security. We're, you know, not not a slave to OPEC and energy you know, inefficient and renegotiating NAFTA and, and, and all those horrible things, you know, that, that made us have like, you know, to heal our nation. Right. I mean, I mean, just it's just really, really bad. And oh, and the vaccines coming out, too, which was all because of our Operation Warp Speed. But no, we don't need that type of healing. Not from Donald Trump just ruined everything. I mean, oh, I, you know, I, I just have to go back to school. I got to I got to go back to college to, you know, to to learn all of this stuff again, because I'm just a damn deplorable. I'm just stupid. I didn't get a college degree. You know, I'm just a middle class guy, you know, who. um who doesn't know anything? Also, you know, we don't. For the fact that we think that the election was stolen from Trump, we're just conspiracy theorists. I mean, that's like talking Bigfoot, right? I mean, that's what we're told. You know, listen, obey, right? And we have to think about. You know, we we look at the stats. We see Joe Biden gets a hundred thousand votes overnight, and only about a couple hundred go for go for Trump. And we just have to accept that because that's the way it rolls. You know, that that's the way these, these ballots roll. And um, nowhere else in any other precinct, nowhere else in every any other county or state has Joe Biden, you know, gotten that many votes over Trump just in these targeted areas. Because we're told there's no such thing as widespread fraud. And even though many of us say, yeah, you know, we, uh, we, we agree with that. There's just targeted fraud. There's very accurate targeted fraud. But that's not good enough. Hmm. Anyway, going on. So, you know, any... You remember that guy who was um, that repairman? Uh, he was at the center of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, and uh, the media just came by and they just said that um, he was working with the Russians and this was just a whole Russian conspiracy and everything like that. That that uh, repairman who who um, Hunter Biden dropped off his laptop to, <laughs> and uh, and again Joe Biden said, "Oh, none of that was true." I mean, all those naked pictures of of uh, Hunter Biden were fake, and all those emails that popped up, they were fake. Those were um, all part of a Russian conspiracy theory. That's what we were told. That's what some very, that's what some intelligent officials on CNN, I think about a good handful of them that, you know, that are, that are former national security intelligence, they signed a paper saying it was all the Russians. And you know what? It was all fake, all fake news. It's all true. And they only said that to get Joe Biden elected. So they lied to you. 100% it lied to you. The mainstream media didn't want to talk about it. You know, Chris Wallace and all those, you know, moderators there, they, they told Trump, oh, it, 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 you know, they told you and, and, and Trump during the debates that it didn't exist. They wanted to talk about more important things like climate change. Well, anyway, that, that heroic repairman, that's what they're calling. That's what I call him. He is suing Twitter. He is suing Twitter. So let's hope... He gets a lot of money because Twitter, he should sue all of them. He should sue CNN. He, I, I hope he got Lynn Wood. I wonder if he got Lynn Wood. I'm just reading the headlines, but he is going to be suing Twitter. And I hope he goes down the line with CNN, even Fox News, even Chris Wallace, 
right? Because all of those people, you know, they basically ruined his company. They ruined his life because he no longer, they canceled him. They were part of canceling and ruining his life just so they could get Joe Biden elected because they hated Trump. They needed the world to heal, right? Because apparently the world was just so broken. So that's, that's some of the major news that I want to talk about now. But here's another really important thing that I want to talk about. Apparently, apparently asymptomatic spread is something of a myth. Oh, it's a conspiracy theory. You know, over in Wuhan, the WHO conducted um, you know, contact tracing and um, a long study, a long-ass study of over, again, close to 10 million people over there in Wuhan when all of this was going on. Everything was going on, right? And guess what? They found that the asymptomatic spread didn't happen. In fact, they couldn't find one instance of asymptomatic spread. Now, I was wondering how asymptomatic would act, asymptom, asymptomatic people actually spread the virus. I mean, if you're not, it's hard to spread anything if you're not symptomatic. If the virus is in your nose, how does it get out of your nose? You have to be sneezing. How does it get out of your mouth? You have to be coughing, right? It's pretty common sense. I mean, other than, you know, licking a spoon or, or licking a doorknob or, or, you know, they had some crazy people in China, by the way, who are just spitting. They're like videos of, on YouTube. There are people just spitting on, on, on elevator knobs and all that. I mean, elevator buttons. And that's, okay, that's a, a, form, of, a form of asymptomatic spread, right? You know, th that's more of a form of um, crazy spread, right? We're not we're not counting that as asymptomatic spread, but again, unless you're, you know, you're, you're if you're down with COVID and you don't have symptoms, unless you're licking a doorknob or licking everyone's spoon or like digging your booger and then putting on someone, you're really not going to be spreading it. You're not going to be spreading it through breath, unless again you're like a maybe you spit a lot when you talk, but can't. Here's the thing. Can your spit, what are the odds of your spit going to someone else's mouth? Very low, very low. What are the odds of your spit when you're talking going onto something, right? And then, and then actually someone else touching it immediately because it has to, it, it, it has to be touched immediately for it to try. And then on top, when you touch it, you have to touch your mouth. What are the odds of that happening? Very, 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 very low. It's, it's, it's extremely low. So, you know, you have to have some really, really bad hygiene. Now, in some instances, I can see where it could take place. Like, say, for example, in, kata, in a karaoke place. Here in Hawaii, we call it karaoke. We roll the R. Oi, oi. Oh, got some uh, thing coming on here. Sorry about that. That's some messages from Donald Trump's campaign. They always, they're always asking for money, by the way, which I'm fine. I, I donate to them every now and then. But anyway, when you do karaoke, you do spit on the microphone, and then some people have a habit of touching the microphone to their lips. So I can see in that case, you can have asymptomatic spread. But is it wide, you know, is it widespread as we think it is? No. But you know, here's, a, here's the problem. You have a lot of symptomatic people out there who just, um, who just have really bad, you know, hygiene. You know, you know, before COVID came out, I remember, uh, you know, my, you know, my father and I, we, we would, we would, uh, you know, go, go out and, and, and go to the supermarket to buy things. I remember them, this, this one cash register, she's sneezing on her hands and then touching our food, touching our yogurt and touching everything like that. And that would, ha and then my dad, he complained to the manager, but they didn't do anything. They said, oh, that, that stuff happens. This is pre-COVID. But of course, now, 
<laughs> they're a lot cleaner, which is a good thing. They have to be a lot cleaner. And, and that's a good thing about, that's one of the good things about COVID. It got rid of all these people who are just, 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 just disgustingly not very hygienic. You know, they, 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 they touch your nose, wipe their nose, and then, and then, and then they, then toss your salad, you know, you know, in front of you over, over at a restaurant. Uh, it's horrible, you know, but they did those types of things before. I mean, I had friends who are working the restaurant industry. They would say they would, they would, they would make the pokey salad. They would eat the pokey salad right, right before they served it. It was, it was pretty funny. But then, you know, again, back then you could get away with that. Now you can't get away with that. You have to be very clean. You got to wear a mask and everything. And in a way, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, um, anyway, uh, <laughs> on to the next things, on, on to the next thing. So, um, another article I want to bring up here. Um, all is not over. All is not over. Uh, I've been hearing some echoes that, you know, you know, there, there, there's a, there's like a lot of negative, negative at, I guess, uh, negative things going around about Mike Pence right now, and uh, I want to warn Republicans and just tell tell Republicans um, that Mike Pence is not a bad guy. Uh, from if, when I take a look at his character, and you, you, you know, this is a guy who is. Um, who he says now? If we if we believe what he says, and there's a lot of reports to this. There's like interviews of Woody Harrison. Um, he, he actually uh, he's actually um, he actually went to, to college with um, Mike Pence. He went to a, a Christian school. He, Woody Harrison, he was actually going to become a minister. How do you like that? So he was um, roommates with uh, uh, Governor Pence, or actually Vice President Pence. And I'm sorry about that. People are messaging me on Facebook right now. But um, anyway, he was uh, he said that Mike Pence was a good guy, good stand up guy. He had no problems with him. He just disagrees um, with his uh, his policies, and but he doesn't see them as as a bad person. Way back then, when he was in when he was in um, seminary school, so he said that he was a really good guy, very trustworthy. And he doesn't have one ill word to say about him. So way back there, and then you talk about his all of his actions where he would not, um, I think till to this very day, um, he would not go out to dinner with a woman one-on-one for no reason whatsoever. So you can't find, um, this guy doesn't do bad things, you know, on there. So hold on a second here. I'm going to like put this, um, put this thing on mute right here. So I don't, it stops beeping. Everyone's messaging me right now. They're waking up here. So um, all, there's all these anti-Pence reports going out there saying that he's part of the deep state now um, just because he may actually certify the election for Joe Biden. Now, I'm not sure if he will or will not. Okay, um, I read, you know, aside from, I, were, I read opinions from both sides. I read some opinion from the Lincoln Project. Now, you can't trust anything from the Lincoln Project because they're, they're anti-Trump all the way. All right. Um, but I'm not sure if I would ever say that Mike Pence would be part of the deep state to get Trump out of office. Um, he's been in there in the valleys way too deep, way t- in there, you know, defending Trump every single which way um, he can. Um, every single which way he's every single impeachment attempt, every single um Every single piece of negative news that came out of him, even when the hot mic moment came out and Trump was caught saying things like, you know, grab them by the, you know, grab them by the P, Mike Pence didn't waver. He was there. All right. A lot of other Republicans wavered. And let's not forget, a lot of Republicans, um, they were against Trump from the very, very beginning. 
uh, before he became president, before he got the nomination. There were so many Republicans that were completely 100% against Donald Trump from getting the office. And, and I believe Mike Pence actually, he, he did favor, um, uh, I guess he did endorse Ted Cruz, but his endorsement was so half-hearted. Um, he was, <laughs> he endorsed, I think he gave this interview on the radio where he basically just pumped up Trump and said he would do such a great job, great job, blah, blah, blah. And he kept saying how great of a business, businessman and ethical Donald Trump was. And then at the end, he says he'll, he'll throw support behind Ted Cruz, but Donald Trump is just a great man. <laughs> it wasn't much of an endorsement at all. It was more like something where the establishment was telling him, hey, you have to endorse, you know, you know, well, Mike Pence, you can't endorse Donald Trump. But it was more, it was one of the worst endorsements of all time. I remember that. And even a lot of critics said, well, that's not really, that's not really a, an endorsement of any type. And I think it was done on purpose. So is Mike Pence part of the deep state, you know, and is he going to turn his back on Donald Trump? I don't think he is. Um, will he certify the election election or not? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he wants to wait and um, see really what the evidence is out there, you know, you know what is going to be, what, what's going to happen. Um, I, I surely hope he, he's smart and he, and he does the right thing. And, uh, and, he, and if he, even if he doesn't, you know, follow through with what I hope he will, he will, I'm not going to hold any ill will against him. Cause I really don't, I really don't know that guy. I mean, from the evidence that over all the years and, and everything, he has more good, he has more good quality, good qualities than bad. Now you may disagree with me on that, but you know, it is what it is, right? That's my opinion. I'm going to stick with it. All right, everyone, I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to like uh, gather my thoughts into what to talk about next. I have some really cool news here. Well, not really cool news, but um, I want to talk about this Ilaria Baldwin lady. She's Alec Baldwin's wife. Um, <laughs> that's a pretty funny one here. So I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to do another uh, sponsorship thing. So stick around. All right. <music> All right, <laughs> I got a pretty good one here for you. So uh, there's a woman, her name is Ilaria Baldwin, but, but her true name is Hillary Baldwin. She was born and raised in Massachusetts, and um, she's 100% white, 100% Caucasian, but um, she likes to identify as a Spanish woman. And um, she's, <laughs> a lot of celebra celebrities are, they're, they're basically dragging her over, the, raking her over the coals. Right now, they're trolling her on Twitter or every single social media out there, basically pointing the finger when they're not too great either. <laughs> I mean, I don't know a lot of these, these celebrities personally. I've been around them. They're, they and themselves are fake as well. So right now, they're just getting on the bandwagon to bash her. But apparently, this woman, uh, Eladia, whose real name is Hillary again, um, you know, she got caught faking her accent on a handful of um, TV shows, and sometimes it's strong, sometimes it's fake. In her YouTube, in her social media on Instagram, I saw it. There was no accent whatsoever. She sounded like a complete regular white person. Perfect English, which is fine. You know, be proud of who you are. Be proud of being white. White people have done amazing things in this country, right? But um, that's not what trends nowadays. You have to be some type of victim. Uh, and it's, and it's like that. A lot of people are like that. Even here, even here in Hawaii, we have people who are, um, 99% white and they're 1% Hawaiian and they're out there protesting, calling for Hawaiian sovereignty, even though they're only 1% Hawaiian. 
<laughs> and then and they're and they're talking bad about how the white people actually stole their land and everything when that was actually their grandparents. So I find that funny. But again, you know, it is what it is. You have people who are like that. I mean, you had Elizabeth Warren, who had I think it was point zero 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 percent Native American, which is a less than a regular white person, and um, yeah, um, she was out there like uh, you know pretending to be a Native American. In fact, she did worse. She did worse than Hillary Baldwin. Um, she actually got scholarships because she was so-called, quote-unquote, Native American. She ran on that. She got into office because of that. And celebrities didn't, you know, they, they didn't go after her at all. They didn't go after, they didn't go after a lot of people who were, you know, fake, I guess, what are, I guess what do they call it? Trans, trans what are they, trans, not trans species. They have that too. Trans ethnicity or something like that. I don't know what they would call this. But again, there's there's a lot of people out there who identify as other, you know, as other races. Trans race, is that what it's called? Anyway, there's a lot of people who, who identify as other races even though they're not. I mean for myself, I am I am a hundred percent um Chinese. Um hundred percent Chinese. I don't have any white blood or anything like that. Um my Chinese name is Su Lun. But I don't go by Sulun. My grandparents, who were um, Chinese from China, in fact, um, they, they would never call me Sulun. They called me Steve because that's my name. That's my American name. You know, Sulun is my Chinese name, which they gave me. But um, even then, the name that they gave me, they never called me that. So for her to be out there saying, oh, her name is Eladia when she goes to Spain and it's Hillary here, I kind of find that hard to believe. But maybe that's what they do. I don't know. Maybe that, that's how their family operates. I would like to hear from their family, but then again, I really don't care. You know, right now we're just we're just seeing people troll her because again, they wanna they wanna, you know, that's what they do. That's what the left does. The left likes to take little things here that don't count, and then they like to cancel people for no for no reason whatsoever. I mean Kathy Gifford out there, what she did with um President Trump's head, I thought that was really bad. But then again, she's just trying to be a comic and people canceled her for doing that. I don't think that's right. I thought she was she was just trying to be funny. Uh failed comedy, but again, and tasteless comedy. And uh, you know, she got what was coming to her, but then again, you know, was it was it poor comedy or was, or was she just being mean? But you know, this is America. People are allowed to be stupid, mean and, you know, have you know to create bad comedy? I really don't care. I mean, it, it's it's really small potatoes until it. If you take a look at the the larger things that which we have to worry about, which is like things like election fraud, right? Politicians enriching their own family, which is really happening. But that's what that's what Joe Biden did. That's what I'm you know more concerned about. And again, the Democrats were concerned about that, right? They were concerned about you know you know Donald Trump doing that, and I think that's a legitimate concern. Maybe you know what if Donald Trump did enrich his own family. That would be horrible. What if he, you know, made quid pro quo deals with, you know, these countries? You know, to get, what if he did, what if he did, you know, work with the Russians to try to get elected? That's horrible. But that's all what the Democrats did. And they didn't care. And they don't care. And, and that's, the celebrities know that that's what the Democrats did. That's what Hillary did. She worked with the Russians. You know, Joe Biden enriched himself, enriched himself. But they can't, you know, liberals and celebrities, they have a problem of, um, of, of uh, I guess, they have a problem, for, for number one, with priorities because they, they spend too much time on something like this. And, and then they can't distinguish crap from gold, not for the life of them.
They make the worst decisions in their life. And that's why if you take a look at a celebrity, they have a team of people who are quote-unquote smarter, smarter than them, which usually isn't the case, by the way. That's why I say quote-unquote. And they're making all of their life decisions for them, from who to marry, who to date, what to say in front of the camera. And, and um, if they don't listen to these people, they basically, you know, get their foot shoved. They shove their own foot up their mouth. And uh, that's what you, that's the problem you have now with Twitter because a lot of these um, celebrities are just, you know, they're, they're getting their foot shoved up their mouth a lot of times. But the sad part about it is that you have, you know, the, 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 this new generation, they really don't care. They really care about superficial stuff like this. I mean, to me, I read it. I think it's funny. I think it's also sad. You know, this woman's a very, very pretty woman. I mean, she can just get by on her looks. She's a pretty white woman. You know, she could you know, be a yoga, yoga instructor and give out beauty tips. You don't have to play a, a fake Spanish person. You don't. You know, so why is she doing that? I don't know. I don't know. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's something, you know, again, I'm kind of chuckling on it right now, but it's something I wanted to share with you. It's, uh, it, but again, we shouldn't laugh about it. It's kind of sad, right? Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about here, why don't we, why don't we segue straight into it? Because um, uh, it's, it's on my mind. I've been kind of pushing it back. Movies. I saw Wonder Woman um, 84. WW84, they like to call it. And uh, spoiler alert, so if, if, you don't, if you don't want to know about the movie, um, turn off the podcast right now, um, but I'll tell you, but, um, and just go to the next room. So I'll wait. I'll wait five seconds, okay? So turn it off now if you don't want to hear about Wonder Woman 84. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, you had your chance. All right. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to review it really in depth right now. I, I'll, I'll say that for another podcast because uh, I do these things where it's called um, Script Writing Saturdays where I'm going to break it down through a, a screenwriter's point of view. Uh, but right now, I can tell you that that movie was really disappointing. It was extremely disappointing. Uh, I came in there with an open mind. I wanted to enjoy it. I thought the first Wonder Woman was just great. You know, DC... They really don't have a great track record of making great movies. I mean, I kind of like, you know, Superman. I kind of I like Superman versus Batman, the extended version of Superman versus Batman. That was actually not, not a bad movie. Um, Justice League was flat out, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately that didn't turn out too well. Um, but I heard the Jack Snyder or Zack Snyder version coming out. It's supposed to be a lot better, but we'll even, we'll even see about that. So this um, new one comes out, and this new Wonder Woman, it comes out here, and... Um, well, it's uh, it was bad from the very beginning. Um, there, there's so many logical loopholes in there. Um, there's not many plot holes. So people always get a plot hole and a logical loophole kind of um, kind of mixed up all the time. They they kind of label logical loopholes the same as plot holes. Um, a plot hole is something that um, it, it's a problem in the script that if you don't fix, it will actually affect the plot. So, for example, like a it will affect a character motivation or the way the story will actually unfold. A logical loophole is just basically common sense, like where the, the script has basically lost, lost, its, lost in touch with reality or um, actual human behavior or something like that. And, and um, for, example, for example, a logical loophole would be like saying, well, uh, a Glock 
can't shoot down a 747 that is, you know, 30, 34,000 feet in the air. So if you write something like that in a script, that's a logical loophole. It's not a plot hole. It doesn't affect the plot. It's just something stupid. There's something that defies all logic. And uh, logical loopholes are actually worse than plot holes because, um, you know, you know plot, plot holes, you can kind of plug, but logical loopholes are like things where it, it takes an audience and it, it, it takes them out of that fictional world. Because when the, the first thing you want to do when, you're, when you write something is that you want to get an audience into this fictional world and you want them to stay there. You want them to believe that, hey, you know what? This woman can fly. She's, she's really, really, really strong. Um, you know, if she punches you, she can, you know, she can tear your heart out. She's that strong. Um, she can punch a hole in a tank. And um, you have to, once they're there, you can't pull them out. And the more log- logical loopholes you have, well, the more than likely the, the audience starts to disengage and then they'll start pulling, pulling every single every single you know element out of that script and saying this does this can't be right this can't be right and then all of a sudden they just hate the whole movie and um wonder woman 84 there's just too many to count i mean it's really <laughs> it's it's really i i i can't begin you know there's so many, i have a list here but i don't want to bore you with it there's if you want to find them out just uh, look under uh, just do a review. Just put WW84 in review. And these very good YouTubers, are, they're just having fun pointing out every single every single logical loophole out there. And it's sad. So um, and what, what's really even more sad is that, uh, the you know, this was the only blockbuster movie we had, I think, for 2020. And we were all looking forward to it. And it just really, really didn't deliver. Um, Patty Jenkins... Uh, the one thing I find that's inter- interesting is that Patty Jenkins was, um, she directed the first movie and, um, you know, she, the second movie, after she directed the first movie, which was such a success, um, even though despite that success, Hollywood, um, they, they only didn't give her much work after that. I think she directed a video short and two television episodes. She didn't have an opportunity to direct another movie feature, you know, featured movie, uh, and why is that? I mean, this, I mean, she directed the most, again, the most successful, the, I think the most well-enjoyed DC movie of all time. And I think till today, that is that still holds true. Wonder Woman was still the most liked DC movie of all time. Way better than Aquaman, way better than Superman and everything like that. But she wasn't given the opportunity to, to further her career more as this blockbuster movie um, director. So the question is, why is that? Now, now when I did, did some research into it, and, and again, this, this is just me speculating here, um, but when you, ever, when, when you put a script together, you want to hire out you know, the best writing team whatsoever, especially something like Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman 1, they hired out you know, a really, really good team to, to put this script together. And you know, Patty Jenkins, if she didn't have anything to do with the story and nothing to do with the script, um, she was just out there... Um, I hate to say that, but she may have been a token female. And um, the, she was a very you know, well-established television director. And television directors, you know, they're like a dime a dozen. You, you, a lot of times, uh, you, you'll pull them out of college and, hey, direct this pilot, direct that. You, you just need someone to bring order to the set, get you through the script, get, get, you, get you through the script, make sure the characters are, you know, are, are, are canon to, to the lore. And that's about it. And that's what she did. Now... In, in um, Wonder Woman 84, she was given authority over the story and also the script. And so that whenever you have two credits, you know, written by and story by, 
that movie's basically yours. And um, there were so many, I guess, problem. I guess all and all the problems she owns. So, I, so I don't think um, that was a huge mistake. And then all of a sudden, I, I look at the, I look at the other credits, and there's all these really other big name screenwriters that were you know brought onto this um, on, on Wonder Woman '84. These are really big times. I think there's there's um, the co-writer of it. I forgot his name, but um, he actually he actually penned. Uh, he works. His um, his specialty is DC Comics, DC Movies, um, D, the uh, CW DC. He's written a lot a lot of episodes. I mean, this guy and he, and I think he was in charge of the DC universe at one time, and he and he and he um, stepped down a row because he wanted to work in um, writing scripts more or, or writing cartoons more, and um, he was brought on into Wonder Woman eighty four as a co writer. Now I'm wondering when were they? When was he brought on? Was he brought on after the story was written, or was he brought on during production? You know, a lot of times right now these days movies are just made horribly, where they're actually made as they're shot, which is which is ludicrous. You know, given that uh, a movie is so expensive, how do you budget it? But a lot of times they're writing the script while it's shooting, and the production crew has to wait there while screenwriters try to figure out things. And you can never... So what you're seeing a lot of times now in movies are like the first draft, you know, where plot holes and logical loopholes are not written out. So maybe he was brought in to be an onset, you know, screenwriter at the last second or to bring it all together, or maybe he wasn't. Maybe, you know, maybe he just messed up, but I can't see him messing up. Because if you look at all the other stuff that he wrote, all the comics and all the... All the all the other things and all that. If you look at it, I mean, it, it's pretty much good. You know, it's really good. And there's other writers too who are brought in to try to fix everything. So I think they were trying to fix something that was broken, and they knew that it, it wasn't going to turn out that great. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure if I want to say anything more here about. You know, I, I really want you to watch the movie. I don't. I don't want you to uh, to discourage you from watching it. Uh, I will have another podcast that you know gets more into depth. Uh, um, I guess regarding. Regarding, um, I guess Wonder Woman '84, I, I kind of break it down into characters. If you go to my website, I do have what they call a Maverick review, and they're basically just very in-depth, you know, reviews broken down by uh, from a screenwriter's point of view, which is much different than what you get from the re- reviewers. The re- reviewers, by the, the professional critics, they love this movie. They're just—I <laughs> don't know what they're talking about. But uh, you, you know, you know what's a good movie? Um, Fat Man. The Fat Man's a really good movie. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about this movie without having any spoilers, but it's basically uh, it it's a realistic look at Santa Claus, who is the Fat Man, who is played by Mel Gibson, and it's a realistic, violent version of Santa Claus. Now, Santa Claus isn't violent per se, but he's just pissed off at society that society has just taken a, ter- a downturn, that kids are not as happy as before, and you know Christmas is subsidized by America. And um, they hire on, you know, um, Santa to do more than just delivering gifts. And well, um, a a pissed off kid who is, by the way, does a really great job. He's a really good antagonist. He's a better antagonist. The pissed off kid in Fat Boy, the Fat Man, is a better antagonist than, than than the antagonist over in Wonder Woman 84. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's just sad, isn't that sad? Uh, and that kid does a really good acting job. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So this this pissed off kid uh, hires a hitman to go after the, the fat man, Santa Claus, and that's the story. So, uh, 
It's a really good, entertaining, realistic point of view of Santa Claus if he did exist in this broken world. And I could, I really enjoyed it um, to the very end. You know, my mom took a look at it. My dad, they loved it too, and they liked it better than Wonder Woman. So uh, you know, take take that to uh, I guess in I guess into mind when you're trying to figure out which movie to watch. Uh, HBO, by the way, um, I tried watching Wonder Woman on on um, Christmas Day because <laughs> I had nothing else to, else to do. And well, it um, it didn't play. And then I tried to play it on another machine, and it would play on there. So what I, what I found out was that if you have an up an outdated version of um, Google Chrome, it doesn't like to play it. So make sure you update your Google your Google Chrome before you play it. If you don't have Google Chrome, oh, an updated version of Microsoft Edge works. Uh, for some reason, it didn't want to play on my Google Chrome box. I have a little Google Google Chrome box hooked up to my my, 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 my um, LCD TV, and it wouldn't play on there. And, and um, that's sad. And then my Vizio LCD TV doesn't have HBO Max, um, um, I guess, app. I don't know what's up with that. Um, HBO, by the way, uh, Warner Brothers owns HBO, and that's the reason why um, uh, Wonder Woman is appearing on there. But I think it'll appear on there till January 24th, I think. So uh, if you want to see it, watch it. And uh, that's about all I have to say about that. Um, I think it's still worth the watch. It's not. It, it's a solid average movie. It's not the best, you know. And and you have to really, you really have to just check out and, and stop criticizing it if you really want to enjoy the movie. It, it's it's not to the point where you're just so angry with it you want to walk out. Um, but it, it does get to a point where you can hit pause, walk away, get a soda, come back later, because it's one of those movies where it is kind of like you know it feels like a a, a long episode. A, a long television episode of Wonder Woman. I wouldn't even want to criticize that because Wonder Woman, the television episodes were pretty darn good. Okay, so um, that's about it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry if my thoughts were all, all over the, I guess all over the, the map today. It's uh, 6.30 a.m. I better go to bed. You know, I got to stop doing these podcasts this early in the morning because yeah, my brain doesn't think as fast, right? All right, people. Um, I will be, uh, I guess, podcasting to you tomorrow with more things. I'll try to be more awake, but that's about it for now. You have a good day.